Hey folks, I'm here today to tell you about Visible. Something unfortunate about wireless services, what you see isn't always what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. No perception check required. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month, taxes and fees included. If you're looking for a carrier that is upfront with no hidden fees, then go to Visible.com to make the switch. You don't need more than one line of wireless to save, and you're going to be getting unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Visible is the wireless carrier that's constantly operating from a zone of truth. In their quest for total transparency, Visible wants you to know the monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hey everybody, welcome to the Dungeon Cast. I'm Brian. And I'm Will. This is the podcast where we talk about everything Dungeons and Dragons, from silvered sabers to salty satyrs. And today we're talking about Sylvanas. Hey, Brian. You're so good at those. Hey, Will. <laughs> <laughs> how are you doing today? I'm good. I was just uh, I was trying to t- I was trying to gas us up at how good we we've gotten at doing the intro in one take because we're two and for we two have, right we now. We are. We've we've improved. I remember in the days where I had to do it like seven or eight times. Yep. I I was like uh, I was like a two to three times almost every time kind of guy for a while there. Yep. And yep. Uh, but no now big we deal. Do it in but one. it's just. Well-oiled machine over here at the Dungeon Cast. It's almost like if you do the same exact shit like a bunch of times in a row, you get really good at it. Very true. Uh, so today <laughs> we're talking about uh, Sylvanas. Do you know anything about Sylvanas? Um, Not really. Like it's this is a gods episode. Yes, a greater deity, and um, this was actually the deity episode that we were originally supposed to do uh, for the Sunni. Uh, episode, but Ooh. I just wasn't feeling it, so I swapped. I swapped Sylvanas out for Cini. But you know what? Sylvanas is back. I love Sylvanas, so we're gonna talk about him. Um, Ooh, so let's so get Will, into it. Will's feeling it now. I am uh, the right. Forest Father, Old Father Tree, the Old Oak. Sylvanas is a true, neutral, greater god of nature and the wilds. As such, he is one of the oldest, wisest, and most prominent of all deities in the Forgotten Realms. He has many names amongst the peoples of Faerun, and he is seen by them as a deity of stoic paternalness and wrathful vengeance. He deserves this reputation. Sylvanas is a grim and severe father figure who meets out flood and drought, fire and ice, and life and death in the wilderness. In legends, he often commands other nature deities, dealing out rewards and punishments to them as is fitting. Nature and its impartial fairness is central to the dogma of Sylvanas' faith. He is an entity of balance of the forces of nature and the preservation of the natural world. 
As a true neutral, as a true neutral being, he is emotionally distant when it comes to the necessity of having a balance in nature, and is wrathful towards those who threaten wild places. All that said, he is a complicated figure, and one most other gods, both great and small, are either outright staunch allies of, or at the very least, hold him in the highest of respect. Yeah, he's handling all your forests, pretty much, and uh, many other things. Yeah, nature but, in general, but he's very, very tied to forests for sure. So is a ranger going to at least like pay their respects to Sylvanas, or is that almost, something a ranger might be ignorant yeah. of? Okay, so like most rangers are going to, most people are going to be very well, well, well aware of Sylvanas. He's probably one of the the top. He's in the top ten of most prominent gods for sure. Okay, so like a Moradin or a Corallon here. Yeah, he's up there. He's up there for sure. Right on. That's so dope. Ra- Yeah. Rather than appearing as an avatar, Sylvanas prefers to appear as an oak leaf blown out of nowhere as a sign, or if he must take direct physical action, as a fire-quenching, eerie green glow that is always accompanied by the sounds of faintly whistling wind and running or dripping water. Alternatively, oh my gosh, dude. Manif- Sorry, I have to interrupt you there. Because yes, I, yes. I, uh, I totally just imagining like if Sylvanas wants to talk to you and you're walking by a tree, he's like, there's little eyes and a mouth on, on the leaf of the tree. He's like, hey, hey, come here. I, I gotta tell you, I gotta tell you something. Or like an ember in your fireplace or in your in your fire pit. That's like, yo, hey, yep. I got, hey, tomorrow when you wake up, I'm gonna need you to do some shit. Or like drops of water <laughs> off an icicle. Like each drop that's falling, he's like, hey, listen to me, drop. And then the next drop, oh my god, you gotta you gotta do this thing, drop. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I love that. I, I, I think that's a great uh, representation of Sylvanas. So alternatively, oh, yeah, he may manifest as a staghorned silent man with burning white eyes who appears among the trees and has shaggy brown fur that is almost bark-like. As the horned man, Sylvanas speaks only in the minds of those he touches and can point, lift, and carry things, even hurling trees or logs, inscribe words on wood by pointing with a fingertip and cast spells, notably telekinesis and... Um, as with awesome weight capacity. Um, the horned man most often simply materializes to show himself and indicate something by a gesture, a shake or nod of the head or by pointing and then fades away. Sylvanas also indicates his favor or disfavor uh, and sends aid through the presence uh, and actions of trance, brownies, dryads, deer, badgers, unicorn satyrs, sprites, pixies, and other woodland monsters. Um, this is not to say that Sylvanas does not have avatars of power, um, he does, too, in fact. We will speak on these later. But suffice to say, he is a more patient, hands-off style deity, preferring to watch and gently guide than to step in with force. What What's a brownie? Like, a, in this context. <sighs> I know what brownies are. I've made them. So, if my lore retention serves me well, brownies are, they're, they're like little people. But they're like really little people, like like sprite size, but they don't fly. And I think they like ride foxes and stuff like that. They ride foxes? That's fucking dope. That I might be wrong. I might be conflating them with a different fae creature, but I'm pretty sure that's what brownies are. Okay, yeah, I see. I, I looked it up. They're little. It looks like they're little gnomes almost. Okay, for sure. Pointy noses and hats. Yeah, um, yeah, they're like they're like little little fey, baby, little forest creatures. Okay, okay, and then um, what about a to- a Tommies? A Tommies? 
Uh, I don't. I don't remember all the different little pixie and sprite creatures. Um, but these are all. They like, might be yeah, water based. I, I can see what style you're you're talking about here, and like what kind of things he provides presides over. I looked that up too. Right, Tommy's. So Sylvanas is the Lord of Nature in all its wild splendor, and he represents the entirety of it: deserts as well as forests, sharks as much as deer. Despite this, though, probably since so much Forgotten Realms fiction is focused on the north or sword coast, he's seen as more of a deity of forests, mountains, and plains. Um, the civilized humanoids of Faerun also see the Oak Father as a god who values the life of a tree over the life of a person. It is not so simple, though. Sylvanas teaches his followers to value all life, and yet his influence can be properly interpreted either as a wholesome respect for the natural world or as a threat to the livelihood of expanding civilizations. Uh, the loss of a farming community to goblin raids is a tragedy for some, but the event provides an opportunity for the wilderness to grow up and make the land fertile again, which in turn provides a new challenge for those who would return to tame it. God, goddamn um, fucking yeah. goblins. <laughs> Furthermore, Sylvanas is wild and unpredictable, given to tender acts of mercy and wild bouts of savagery. He swiftly turns an uncaring and even righteously wrathful face toward any who threaten the wild places and woodlands of Faerun. Uh, those who disturb the balance are often found at the edge of the forest, torn to pieces by wild animals who cannot be tracked. Okay, so this is like, like, I'm, so we have like father nature, like instead of mother nature here is what I'm getting. And like, yeah, yeah, definitely like so. And, and there is a mother nature deity, uh, Shantia, who he's very close with. Um, she's actually a neutral good deity. He's a true neutral deity. But he, Sylvanas represents like the really wild places of the world. Well, Shantia just kind of um, represents life in general. And she especially seems to specialize in like civilized life, like humanoid life and agriculture and harvesting and all that other stuff. Like dryads and stuff and like, you know. Well, no, dryads are, dryads are definitely on the Sylvanas sides of things. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. So Sylvanas Again, like responsible wild... for more of like an earthquake or a a tidal wave or something like that? Yes and no. He does do that type of stuff, but there's another god, an evil deity, that's like the god of natural dis disaster, which we will talk a teeny bit about today. Oh, interesting. Okay, I see. So it, this is really segmented uh, in terms of like your nature gods, who's responsible for Very what? Very much so. There's a lot of different nature deities. Uh, Sylvanas and Shanti are probably the big two. Okay, so com compartmentalization is the name of the game for pantheons. Indeed it is. So, the okay. creed of Sylvanas dictates that nature's glory must be preserved, not merely because nature is beautiful, but because wild nature is the true state of the world. Its expanses refresh and revitalize the mortal soul and give breath to all the world. He instructs his faithful to do the following. 1. Preserve the balance of life and death, birth and decay. 2. Respect nature and all savagery and revere the world and all its natural beauty. 3. Protect the wild places from further encroachment of civilization. 4. Hold your distance and take in the total situation rather than latching on to the popular idea of what is best. 5. All is in a cycle, deftly and beautifully balanced. It is the duty of the devout to see this cycle and the sacred balance as clearly as possible. 6. Make others see the balance and work against those that would disturb it. Seven, watch, anticipate, and quietly manipulate. And eight, resort to 
open confrontation only when pressured by time or hostile action. Fight against the felling of trees, banish diseases whenever you find it, defend the trees, and plant new flora whenever possible. And nine, kill only when needful and destroy fire and its employers. He doesn't like fire. Kill, he uses fire, is, but he doesn't like fire. Killing is cool if it's for lunch. Um, so yes. hold your hold your distance, take in the situation rather than latching onto the popular idea of what is best. That's probably my favorite mm-hmm. one. That's that's pretty cool. Like see literally see the the forest for the trees and vice versa. And like like kind exactly. of exactly. Yeah, that that's a, really a, cool. It, it's a very big center. That that specific one is a very big center for like how Sylvanas wants his people to act. It's like uh, think about the cost of your actions, specifically the cost of your actions to nature, because even what may seem like an obvious and small decision might have like huge ramifications down the road in the long term. So like he expects all his followers to like look into the long term, like really look at what you're doing, see where those actions go and then decide what to do. Don't do something just because it feels right or just because it's like the common knowledge of like, of course, this is the right thing to do. It's what we've always done. Yeah. How high does that sycamore grow? If you cut it down, you'll never know. Like trees take a long time to. Like, <laughs> uh, yes, so, absolutely. So, what do you make? What do you make of this one? The watch, anticipate, and quietly manipulate. Is that kind of like you know how vines grow? Almost like the vine is going to slowly choose its path and like grow up something super sturdy. That type of thing. Like, yeah. Like I think am, absolutely. Am I getting that? I think so. Absolutely. And we, we're going to get more into the manipulation and, and, and that behavior, too, because we're going to cover the clergy. And so you're going to see all these cool. different things he commands and how the clergy go about, like, doing this and how that feeds into how they act. Yeah, because, like, this all by itself, watch, anticipate, quietly manipulate, it sounds pretty, but, like, also it sounds pretty dark and kind of evil. And that's Sylvanas for you. He's a true neutral deity. He's going to do stuff that you morally don't agree with, but he's also going to do stuff that's like super morally dope. And he's he's a little all over the place, but he stays true to his one mission, which is preserve the wildlife. Excellent. Um, okay. Sylvan- Sylvanas often receives veneration from druids, rangers, hermits, travelers in wild lands, explorers, and residents of rural communities far from the protection of a local lord or a great city. The oak leaf is Sylvanas' symbol, and a grove of oak trees within a village or on its outskirts is often dedicated as a shrine to him. In rural places where oak trees don't grow, an oak leaf etched into the bark of another kind of tree signifies a sacred site. The Church of Sylvanas is spread everywhere across Faerun and is far stronger than many might think. Nevertheless, most outsiders view the Church of Chantea, goddess of life and bounty, uh, and, ex- and an extremely close ally of Sylvanas as being more favorably inclined towards the expansion of civilization, while the Church of Sylvanas is the implacable foe of those who settle new lands. Neither impression is correct, yet the Church of the Oak Father is often perceived as little different from those faiths that venerate the deities of fury. No, so, like, okay. they're just like, he's, he's mad all the time, but like, he's mad all the time because y'all be fucking up all the time. So I know like there like there's constantly <laughs> people destroying nature to like a benefit to benefit themselves. Right. And which exactly. is kind of strange. It's like also like neutral hates neutral is what I'm getting here. You know what I mean? In a like, way. Yeah. It, it like, just shows that like neutral isn't really about um, good or evil. It's more along the lines of like different agendas and different agendas can uh, run parallel or they can run counter to each other. 
Yeah, I like the idea that nature requires this neutrality to like thrive pretty much. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and like the, the idea of like neutral hates neutral, I think really does preside here in that respect because like I need to build a safe place for my people to live. And so I'm going to cut down this forest or a, a section of it. And like Sylvanas is not about that. Yeah, well, he is and he isn't. It's just like if it's done in moderation and if it's done with respect, then it's cool. But if it's if the second it crosses into excess, um, that's when that's when he has a problem with it. Because like, I see, yeah, he, that makes sense. He he is also a god of life, so like, you know, humanoid life does matter to him. It's just it matters equal to all the other life, and I think that's where things kind of get conflated. Is like even like in in real life, like so often like environmentalism is great and stuff, but so often does like whatever our needs are trumps, whatever needs any other species on earth has when it comes to the decisions we make as a society. And you know, that that's a whole ethical moral quandary. We're not going to tackle on this show, but that's what Sylvanas (laughs) has a problem with. It's like, you think you're more important than everything else. And like you are important, but you're equally important uh, as everything else and like he's just he wants to maintain the balance i think that is a great world building aspect to to take into consideration it, like when you are thinking about the the drive and motivation of like the human race in your D mm-hmm. setting do they reflect like that that imbalance like you know sylvanas is like this neutrality this nature you are all important you all share an equal importance but the humans are going to be like oh well we are the most important. We're at the top of the of the block here. And the dwarves are going right. to think they're at the top of the block here. And like the xenophobia that comes with a lot of the, the Dungeons and Dragons lore, you know, like, is that yeah. something that you're including in your world building? And like, yeah, that type of shit's definitely going to piss this guy off. Uh, it's yeah, pretty interesting dynamic there. I, I can yeah. see like a ranger being a great like. Uh, like a foreshadowing character, you know, like coming in, like you really shouldn't be doing this. My guys, you're going to piss off Sylvanas. He's going to burn your ass to the ground. Yeah. (laughs) Very much so. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all in one e commerce platform to their in person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify is great. They're taking businesses of all sizes, cradling them in their arms, to help them grow by giving them the tools they need. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success at every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dungeoncast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dungeoncast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dungeoncast. 
As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch, and organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. So the Church of Sylvanus is often referred to as the Greenleaf Priesthood after the symbol of its deity. Sylvanus has a strong base among both clerics in urban areas and druids in the wilder territories. Like Chantea, he calls both his dear children, but in this case, the druids are the favorite of the two. Sylvanus also has a few shaman among the nomadic and barbaric societies of Faerun who spread his word of balance and respect for nature while tending to their tribe's needs. Druids are the leaders and the backbone of the Greenleaf Priesthood and are most favored by Sylvanus if they dwell in the forest and live in harmony with the land where they are best able to be the stewards of Faerun's wild places. Urban clergy of Sylvanus more often become gardeners trying to create a walled corner of wild forest in the city or guard and revitalize an existing miniature wood. They often seek to attract followers by preaching of the peace and purity of the wilds compared to the haste and corruption of the city. That's cool. I, I don't know why most I went of his with, fate. Uh, I don't know why I went with like the ranger as my first go-to for this guy when it would clearly be the the druid. Like, like definitely. Um, I mean, yes, but also rangers are a big, big thing with him. I, I would say most rangers venerate Sylvanas over any other god for sure. Yeah, I, I was wondering, like, when we talk about like how, like how a druid gets magic is c- kind of like how a sorcerer would, like in I, I feel like mm-hmm. where it, it just comes from nature, mm. but like a ranger, like where what I, I struggle with, like where does that magic come from, and like how do they learn it? Um, yeah, I'm with you there. Like, I've never been big on Forgotten Realms, but one of one of the books that I've read that is a Forgotten Realms book is a book called Sentinel Spire, okay. in which the main character is a ranger, and he is a, an acolyte of Sylvanas. And so, like, yeah, it, it, it's like a religious thing, for sure, like, with the rangers. And it, it's why I also feel like there should be a serious, um, like, a legitimate, good spell uh no spell ranger like not all rangers should be like (sighs) tied to nature in the same way a druid is i feel like some of them should just be like hardcore survivors 
They respect nature. They're all up in it. But it's not like a religious thing to them. And so, like, they should, like, maybe have more, like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, access to, like, poultices and poisons and, and... yeah, other different survival skills, and and just not based in the in the spell category. But that being said, like in Forgotten Realms, if you're a ranger, the gods are real. They're super all up in your business, so it's hard not to like pay homage to them and kind of be involved with them. So. Yeah, I like the ranger being more of like a scientific sort of thing, like learning learning which. Yeah. Like that's part of, always part of being a ranger, like knowing which herbs are medicinal and which are what things are poisonous and where certain animals live Mm -hmm. but like yeah take that to the next level and have the utility of them like really like use everything like oh the bone marrow from this creature can do this if i apply it with like this sort of thing like you can homebrew and make up all kinds of stuff like that exactly yeah that's cool very much so but yeah let's get back to it so most of his faithful worship the oak father amidst stands of forest giants uh, particularly ancient oak trees or within rings of standing stones set deep within the great forest of Faerun. The Church of Savannah endlessly strives to preserve the sacred balance between civilization and the wild. Members of this rural clergy work to redirect development and control populations through covert sponsorship of brigands and bandits. Okay. Breeding <laughs> and selectively placing of predators and monsters and other means. It is essential that such work be as secretive as possible so that the most folks so that most folks view the servants of Sylvanas as essentially benign lovers of trees. Uh, wildlife breeding, nursing sick animals, and re- replanting trees and wild shrubs are all work that should be done as publicly as possible to support this perception. <laughs> and as necessary, work to restore the slipping balance, of course. So there's the quietly manipulate, right? Exactly. Like so like they got a goal. And they're going to do the nice things like, you know, the breeding of wildlife and reintroducing of of uh, endangered species, nursing sick animals, replanting trees and wild shrubs. They're going to do all that stuff. But they're also going to do the more extreme measures of getting people the fuck out of here by hiring brigands and like breeding monsters to fucking get people the fuck out. I was going to say, so. like, monsters are a part of nature in Dungeons and Dragons, like not all of them. Surely, like not everything in the yes. monster manual should exist in the world, which is part of no. like a plot. But a lot of them do and should like. Indeed. Yeah. So like these creatures like easily like, OK, let's up the let's up the number of displacer beasts or whatever, you know, like. Exactly. To keep Very people the so. fuck out of they, here. You know, let's we need more owl bears. We need more. I don't know. Griffins, wyverns, whatever, like whatever's natural to this environment that like fucks with people. Um, we might need more of because they're they're way encroaching in on this forest in like and in the next forty years if if something doesn't change this forest is gonna be gone yeah or like even not even doing it but like starting a rumor like oh we don't go in there anymore because of this you know if a ranger came out exactly. of the woods all yes. fucked up and he's like I got beat up by owl bears there's so many in there there's so many goddamn owl bears <laughs> and like okay well like I'm <laughs> I'm not gonna go through there unless I like super higher mercs you know to like help me out yeah exactly like no going into owl owl bear wood for sure yeah and and that's gonna that's Um, gonna really put up a a, you know uh the illusion of safety for that that area that's really interesting um i i bet that's the big difference i was gonna ask you about the big difference so we have like the druid the ranger and then we have the nature cleric so like a nature cleric is probably less likely to lie in this regard and manipulate and be a, like a little more pious. Mm. What do you think? 
Yeah, it, it's it is interesting because it's like three different takes on the same thing. In this case, I'm picturing the nature clerics as being like the ur- more urban worshippers of Sylvanas, while it's like the real, like the real hardcore Sylvanas people are the druids and the rangers out there in the thick of it. Yeah, like a, a nature cleric of Sylvanas might have like a greenhouse in the in, as their church or something like that. You know, like they. Yeah, I also, get it. Also, I picture uh, nature clerics as being more drawn to Chantea versus Sylvanas. Right. Okay. I, I could see why. Um, but they're probably, you can't, like, if a player wants to take Sylvanas as their god, like, you can't really say no, mm-hmm. right? No, no, of course not. And, like, you can make it work no matter what. I'm just talking and speaking in general terms here. Yeah. Like, if you're NPC building, then sure. Like, you're more likely to make a, a nature cleric of Chantea than Sylvanas. I, I get what you mean. Right. So Sylvanite clergy make a lifelong study uh, of the intricate workings of the life cycles of all living creatures in Faerun and learn to take the long-term view so that the innumerable implications of every action and combination of actions can be seen clearly well into the future. By planning for the long-term, Sylvanite clergy hope never to take a serious misstep and worsen any shift of the balance. Superior patience, natural knowledge, and the anticipation uh, and anticipation are all the hallmarks of a worthy servant of Sylvanas. They are also the qualities that make any Sylvanite cler- cleric a deadly foe. A Sylvanite should never be surprised at an unexpected turn of events and always be three or four steps ahead of an opponent, prepared for victories well beyond the battles that an enemy can see. Hmm. Okay. Priests of Sylvanas yeah, Priest Sylvanas pray to the Forest Father at all times, through the go- though the god seems to respond best to prayers at sunset and in moonlight. Green grass, midsummer night, harvest, high harvest tide, and the night the forest walks are holy days to the Greenleaf Priesthood. The night the forest walks can occur at any time during the year. It is a night when Sylvanas is restless and brings the natural world to sentient life. Trees move, streams and ravines change their courses, and caves open and close in the forest. Forest-dwelling monsters are often stirred into action, and forest magic is especially strong and apt to go wild. Ooh, wow. The night the forest walks can be localized or even a global event. This event is entirely dependent on the unknowable desires of the Tree Father. Okay, how much does the... this So Sylvanas, like Sylvan, that's like an elven thing, and like Fae. Like, so so well, how, much, how much does... Sylvan... Yeah? Go ahead. I was going to say, well, the word Sylvan just means a tree. So in real life, like something that is Sylvan is just tree related. Yeah, it ties it ties that word in D&D seems to tie a lot of things together, though. Um, so the yeah, especially in Elvin and Fae. So in, in is Sylvanas, does he preside over the material world specifically in the nature there? Or is he dipping into the nature of other realms like the Feywild that is like highly natural and, and supernatural in a lot of ways. Probably both, but Sylvanas is very much tied to the material plane. You know, when it comes to like the Fey, though it is a place of wildness and nature and all that is very, very influenced by magic. So it's a very much an unnatural kind of like version of nature. Yeah. Um, like, that's where you see like Coraline and a lot of like, you know, the Fae, um, the Arch Fae and all that other stuff kind of come into play. And that's really their domain. Although Sylvanas has much power and sway there and respect and like can probably manipulate a lot there. I think Sylvanas is way more focused on uh, the material plane. 
Yeah, I can see that. Like this is the the normal, like more standard nature because the Feywild has a lot of nature in it too. And and on on the flip side of that, like the the Shadowfell has some natural things going on with it. Like uh, like uh, am I am I right there? Like is there are there forests? I mean, I, I picture you're not more, like, necessarily wrong. It's just life doesn't really like to grow there, <laughs> and when it does, it's sad and broken and shadowy. Um, you know, it's a place of undeath. So again, just heavily, heavily influenced by magic. It, it's hard to call either of those places natural. You know what I mean? Yeah, more definitely supernatural. Uh, so okay, I, I I'm getting yeah. more of a, like a clear picture of what of what this is all about. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. So the god uh, Sylvanas must also always be worshipped by sacrifice, but never by blood sacrifice. Instead, something made from material taken from a wood. Uh, must be ceremonially broken and buried, not burned. For example, a cart, wagon, or chair fashioned from a wood of a felled tree could become a sacrifice to Sylvanas. Um, the simplest prayer to Sylvanas is the call of oak, ash, and thorn, wherein a priest gathers leaves of the three named sort of trees, floats them on water, and entreats Sylvanas to hear a prayer. Uh, for deeper concerns, a vigil is often employed. The worshiper anoints his or her own body with a powder of crushed acorns and mistletoe leaves mixed with rainwater or spring water and lies down on or in contact with a growing tree for most of a night. Some part of the bare flesh of the faithful must touch green growing moss. So moss covered giant trees are most favored for use in vigils. I wonder what the is it, it must be like an annual thing, right? Like maybe on the equinoxes or something, we make a tribute to Sylvanas. Mm-hmm. Um, like time to, yeah, yeah, time, sure. time to throw the old lazy boy into the white water. Who's got some fucking mistletoe to, <laughs> yeah, to weave into the fabric of this bad boy. <laughs> I, I, I like the idea that it's like the things you're sacrificing Sylvanas are like things that only civilized people use. So it's like, yeah, break your shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, untie yourself from the civilized world. You don't need a chair. Sit on a rock. Yes. Uh, we must tip the scale back into the favor of nature. Get rid of that old bed. Indeed. I know, Indeed. I know you were going to take it to the goodwill, but I need it. Throw it in the river. <laughs> <laughs> Bury it in the yard. So so the two most powerful and holy rituals of Sylvanites are the Song of the Trees and the Dryad Dance. The first ceremony is a droning, haunting chant that is repetitive, leaps from sharp to flat in pitch, and increases in power the more worshippers are participating. Its performance always draws woodland creatures to gather in silent witness, laying aside their usual fears and their instincts to prey upon each other. The Song of Trees heals burned, di- burn, disease, and scarred trees, and even in rare moments, uh, the favorite of Sylvanas, uh, if if a favorite of Sylvanas is doing it, it re-erects trees uh that have fallen or been felled okay the next one the dryad dance is a wild ritual of piping dancing and carousing that calls out any dryads or hamadryads from the woods around and empowers them to travel far from the trees for a lunar lunar cycle after the dance is performed Dryads and their trees are healed and revitalized by the dance, and it is rumored that humans and dryads who tryst at this time cause the rapid spread of new oak trees and the birth of new dryads linked to them. Okay, I was I was try, I was googling rave dance to see if there was a name for the thing I was thinking about for the dryad dance, where they're like, have you seen it? Where they like two step? It's pretty much a really complicated two step. Like they're they're throwing the knees around a lot, and like hitting the ground with the, with the soles of their I, feet. I mean, I don't even know what a fucking two-step is, dude. You're talking to the wrong guy for this. I'm completely <laughs> clueless. 
<laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> let's move. Let's let's just move on. The, the, okay, Google, the Google the Google search I did did not yield a name for the thing that I'm thinking of, but um, a lot of uh, people do tutorials on it on on the talk, uh, which I will be calling it from here forth. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Is that a thing or is that just your thing? Oh, uh, like when calling TikTok the talk. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a thing. Uh, it's 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 my thing okay, now. Sure. <laughs> uh, first, yeah, absolutely. All right, so. Sadly, it seems the most often performed ceremony in the Sylvanite canon is the Thorn Call, a ritual magic that raises thick walls of deadly tearing thorns out of the forest soil. These barriers are permanent and as labyrinthine as the presiding priest desires, but they can only be called up when a servant of Sylvanus, a worshiper or servitor creature such as a stag, has been slain or shed much blood in the vicinity. The thorn call ritual is used to keep out those who would burn or despoil the forest in such a way as to upset the balance. Oh, wow. Okay. The thorn call ritual so is like, how you stop. You know, they're, they're, they're killing Druid Bob because he keeps telling them to, to stop logging and they just want him to shut the fuck up. And then, you know, Druid Bob dies and then becomes a wall of impenetrable thorns that, that now no one's logging the forest. This is how you stop Voldemort from coming back to life when he's like killing unicorns in exactly. the forest and stuff. <laughs> exactly. So, nice. The ceremonial, the ceremonial dress for both clerics and druids of Sylvanas is a suit of armor made of over, overlapping leaves. For clerics, the leaves are made of metal plates, and the suit functions as a set of scale mail. For druids, the leaves are made of green-tined leather, and the suit functions as leather armor. Either set is worn with green breeches and a shirt. Um, the outfit is topped with a large helm with oak leaf-shaped wings. This is cool. This is a really cool look. Um, it's a very cool look. It's <laughs> it's a real sweet look. Uh, yeah, for, yeah. I like the druid. Um, like that would be because a lot of struggles happen for, especially in Super Quest Saga, for armor for Percy, our, our druid in that campaign. Mm-hmm. Like like bending a druid for settings that aren't in set in nature is like is hard but this is like some cool inspiration here for it like this this suit of armor oh, yeah, definitely also well I, I would say with percy another difficult thing is uh jake decided to go with like a steampunky look yeah which kind of puts percy in like cloth armor for some reason but i'm not sure if functionally the armor is cloth or not i don't remember at this point yeah I, i'm not sure either um that's not my character, but yeah, this is a this is a really really cool inspiration for druid armor. Like that's always kind of been like. Indeed. Am I wearing like a fucking tree stump that I hollowed out over my chest with like <laughs> fucking wax? I mean, vine you can suspenders. carve you can carve some dope armor out of like a you know a smooth hard wood and then bless it to be like extra strong. Yeah, that's cool. Or like find a very sturdy material in your magical forest to like kind of construct plates out of almost. Yeah, wear. or you can get like real dark with it and make armor out of like bone. That's cool. That's really cool. Like the mm-hmm. <laughs> like uh, yeah. like the the like hair of unicorn that you've shaved off and like you know like like woven together your bone plating plate armor. That's that's neat. That's actually really right. really cool. That that would be cool. So Sylvanas is an old deity with many ties to other planes. He is of equal power to Shantea, who represents a more ordered nature. The two are on good terms, although Sylvanas takes pride in his true neutrality versus the Earth Mother's neutral good alignment. He's served by his daughters, Eldest, goddess of groves and watersheds, and Maliki, goddess of autumn, dryads, forests, forest creatures, and rangers. 
and those that follow one of these deities venerate the others as well. They work closely together and seem genuinely trusting and affectionate towards each other. Sylvanas hates Talos, god of natural disasters, and Tolona, goddess of uh, goddess of plagues, whom priests refer to as the unbalanced. Oh gosh, okay, <laughs> that's scary. So there's your there's your answer there on the, nat- the earthquakes and firestorms and all that other shit. That's Talos's deal. Tolona and Talos. Um, okay, yeah, I got you. Yes. Sylvanas oh. hates them. So, second Fuck. edition. Yeah, he hates them. He also doesn't like. Uh, there's another god. Uh, I think is um, is it Malar, the Beast Lord. He's like, he's the god of like savage predators, but like with no restraint. Like, if it were up to him, like all the predators would devour everything, and then they devour each other, and then he would devour them, and then there'd be nothing. Gosh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, second edition has Sylvanas's avatar statted out, and it is labeled as a level forty druid, level twenty five fighter, level twenty mage. Uh, Sylvanas appears in either old or young forms. The first form is an avatar known as the Old Father. The younger form is an avatar known as the Young Strider. The Old Father is an old, bearded, incredibly wise human male face floating in midair among trees, or sometimes sprouting from the trunk of an essentially old and large tree. I His love flesh is like as brown. Sorry, I, I love like uh, I love his like tying him directly to like a, a fixture in the woods. Like he is, you see <laughs> yeah, his sure. face and the blades of grass as the wind whips through them and shit. Like that kind of stuff is just like so. <laughs> it's so fucking hilarious and awesome at the same time. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> his flesh is as brown gray and fissured as old wood. He casts spells from any cleric domain or wizard school. The young Strider is a long-limbed young man wearing scale armor with scales all in the shape of oak leaves. He appears most often when a sacred grove is threatened or a circle of druids is attacked during worship. Uh, he especially hates those who use fire carelessly or with deliberate intent to destroy. This is awesome. This is really cool. I love that that the older editions stat these guys out. Um, I also think... Yeah, no, that's great. I also love how Sylvanas is... He's got a lot of different avatars. So many of these CDs, they got their one. He's got like seven. I know, like he could he could pretty much be whatever, like, like according to this, exactly. Kind of kind of flesh it out to be whatever you need it to be. I I like to picture him, especially mm-hmm. with this in light of the stat block. A level forty druid kind of implies that he should look more like animalistic to me, in a way. Like I guess he could look like because this says he looks like yeah, a man. Yeah, if you go with the beast form, so Sylvanas, I think he leans a, away from the the circle of the moon druids and is way more like circle of the land druids. Oh, okay, yeah. You know, I always default just, to circle what, of the moon. That's the feel I get from him. Like, how much did we talk about actual animals in this? And we just talked about nature as a whole and the environment. Yeah, like we kind we kind of touch on like it's inherently kind of comes with the territory. Like when you have a forest, there's going to be populations of bugs and animals and plants and stuff alongside that. Yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, th- this is. <laughs> I I would love to uh, populate Sylvanas into my game and to have him like show up as one of these figures or forms and like kind of uh, lead the party through you know like a little arc, a little campaign arc, uh, and show up as all these different forms. It'd be a lot of fun to role play. Like if he shows up as that a tree, I, that would be really fun. And yeah. I could see you having a lot. Like you would do some wild stuff with that. That would be cool. Yeah, I would tweak his voice for each one, like if he's the river, you know, like do that. Yes. Or if he's the, he's in a tree, like give him a real croaky old voice, that sort of thing. That'd be a lot of fun. Yes, that would be a lot of fun. So any questions about Sylvanas before uh, we get to our long rest? I feel well educated right now. I really do. 
No, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad. <laughs> yeah, Sylvanas is actually one of my favorite gods. I just, for whatever reason, back in February, wasn't feeling him. You know what? It was the right choice to make because it was it was the time of love with Valentine's Day, and she was a goddess of love. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let's get ready for a long rest. Let's do it. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the long rest. We're getting ready for bedtime, and we think about scary things sometimes before we sleep. Uh, before the episode sleeps. Right, Will? This this year In this year of the beholder? Indeed. Indeed. Uh, so last week we we had the Bard episode where we did uh, sword teeth and a beam of creation, the T-800 beam. The T-800 um, beam. Yeah, I'll work the recap. We'll do a little recap. I'll try to go quick and we'll go okay. in reverse this time. So then before that was the Remoraz. We had the bite swallow beam, which is less of a beam, more of just a bite swallow with the fin wings on its sides. Before that was the satyr. We had the useless goat legs hanging below its uh, hovering form, That's as so well gross. as the beam of revelry, which makes people party. Uh, the goth episode <laughs> had the three heart factoid. <laughs> the uh, the monks episode was the the beam of ultimate mercy, which could heal the fuck out of somebody. And then the Donzo hand, which is a hand at the end of the spider legged uh, substitute in for the tentacle with an eye in the palm. Um, that shot the beam. That was the feature. Mm-hmm. And then we had the Edder Caps episode with the spider tentacles for the, the spider legs instead of tentacles and the web beam, which is the sticky web from the Edder Caps. So now, Will, did you have a um, a feature in mind for the Sylvanas-inspired uh, element of our Beholder? I think so. I think we're going to go with a bark skin. So I think the skin should be as brown and gray and wrinkled as an ancient oak. Nice. Um, I think you were responsible for the um, the cruel eyes Deville beholder having like the albino kind of look or the I white did. skin. Yeah, is that was. the thing? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> cool. <laughs> um, sweet. So what that would mean like everything about this thing is covered in bark skin, pretty much, huh? Yeah. Is this thing's really gross. awesome? Um, and I'm going to give it a plant growth beam. Okay. So, so it's going to. Um, I'm. I'm thinking it'll be, uh, it'll be, it'll make plants happen, but it'll also be like destructive. So what I'll do is I don't have, I don't have it exactly in mind right now. Let me look up the plant growth spell and see what like what that does exactly. Okay. But um, what, if, what I, if we, what if I we took that, and, what if we took that and tied it to the thorn wall beam or thorn wall power? Maybe, maybe it makes thorn walls grow. Right. I was thinking something like that. Like it could do um, it could do like make like the like a wall of thorns or the the thorn the thorn like difficult terrain area. Or I was thinking of like the villager in Smash Bros, how he like plants a tree and when the tree <laughs> explodes out of the ground, yeah. it fucks people up. Yeah. <laughs> like really like bad. That's cool. Yes. Um so we'll have to stat we'll have to stat this out because we'll plant the growth beam. spell the tree beam. It makes trees. It makes large sized trees erupt on the battlefield, and it Indeed. does bludgeoning damage to that. people, yes. and uh, subsequently launches people and makes them potentially have to deal with fall damage. Yes, absolutely. So it's, it's the villager from Smash Bros. But I love it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, we did it. Bark skinned right. up um, and ready to fucking destroy and create nature. I guess. Indeed, indeed, indeed it is. Um, Before we go, I just want to remind everyone, this is the last call for our ongoing contest. We're giving away a copy, two copies of Van Richten's Guide to Ravenloft. 
And uh, if you're still trying to get in on that contest, there's two ways to enter. One's on Twitter. All you have to do is share a link to your favorite episode of the show with the hashtag DungeonCast. You'll be entered the win. We are pulling names on May 18th, which I think is a couple days from the release of this episode. And Brian can tell you all about how to enter on Instagram. Enter on Instagram by following the Instagram account, uh, the DungeonCast Instagram account, finding the posts associated with Van Richten and the contest. Um, the rules will be there, but like the post and then uh, make sure you're following the account as well and start tagging people. One tag of a person gives you an entry. So just leave like a bunch of comments on it with people tagged in each one and that'll each one of those will give you an entry. So, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much it. Uh, the idea is to spread the word about the show. Um, the more people we tell about the show, the the greater the, the following and the fan base and the community that we're growing. So we really appreciate it if you do that. It helps us out a whole bunch, including things like leaving an iTunes review and comments, likes, and hitting that bell notification on YouTube are all very huge for us. So yeah, thank you guys so much for listening to the show and supporting us, including those who support us on Patreon. We really appreciate you guys. Um, there's been more bonus content lately, but be sure to check that out. Um, you can get episodes early and ad-free. And um, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Uh, I don't have anything else to to add onto this long rest. Uh, what about you, Will? Anything else? No, I think that's it. So I think we can uh, call it a game. Let's call it a game. We'll talk Bye. to you guys later. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the roll of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is not what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. 